Hey folks, welcome to the 10th and as Eileen pointed out, this will be the best podcast for Cassandra Avi. Properties, Avi. Uh, we are really excited today. We have incredible guest. She is absolutely wonderful in every way, a true visionary and a real, real treat for us and honestly a blessing for Staten Island. We have Eileen Fuchs, the president and CEO of Snug Harbor. Eileen. The crowd goes wild. Thank you. How are we doing? I'm, I don't, I mean, what kind of question is that? I don't yeah. Know. I, don't I don't know. know. Already crit critiquing the podcast. <laughs> Bad question number one. What is this lead? I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm, 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 I'm hanging in. Yeah. Hanging in, right? We're, we're hanging in. We're, we're working hard, right? We're, I don't know, like. That's what we do now. That's what we do. We, 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 work we hard adapt, right? We we're hang constantly in. thinking of the next scenario how to how to, what you're gonna like living with uncertainties become the the norm right unfortunately yeah yeah it's, it's making us more adaptable more resilient it I, is i do believe in that i i believe in that too I, I feel like you can literally feel your your mental energy like it's like a it's like a workout you it feels different like you can accept craziness better without a doubt like absolutely we we were talking about um where we think this is gonna go and what tomorrow is gonna look like and it's so important to remember when you're in the moment, it's, it, it almost seems like there's no tomorrow or there's no end. But like we did after 9-11 and Superstorm Sandy and the 08 crash, we do come back. Yeah. Right? Right. I mean, it's, honestly, it's not unlike, it's like when you have a kid, like, like you have this moment, you're like, oh my God, what have I done? Like there's little things. I never had that moment. Oh, I know. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what? I had, I had twins. I was like, what happened? Oh my God, this is crazy. My And then you're like, and you look back, you're like, oh, that was, that was right. a phase. That was a thing. You know, like things evolve, they change, you get through them, you, you, you change. Moment in time. Yeah. But it is funny. Like I, we. We, this is not funny, but we have we have now a nest of a hornet nest now that that is plaguing us on something. And when my staff told me, they were sort of like, "Oh God, you're like," another, and I, I didn't even blink. I was like, "Of course we have hornets. I'm waiting for the locusts and so then the it's frogs." A, it's and then I mean, it just like you just you just absorb crisis better. You're like, "Of course we do." So that it's literally great. a hornet. Literally, uh, li literally a hornet <laughs> nest. Literally. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's great. Of course, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> this too shall pass. Yes. 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 They right? will. They will. We'll they will. find a way. We'll adapt, yeah. and we'll. Be be better on the other side of it yeah. I, I do truly truly believe in that yeah. so well you're, po you're a positive dude like that I like I like that. I am yeah really I feel like whenever I met with you you're very like like moving forward pushing passion. forward, feeling passionate like, feeling guy passion, feeling good yeah yeah all right well that. we want to get the audience um, give them an opportunity to, to learn a little bit more about you personally where did you come from? How did you get here? So let's go back to the beginning. The I origins. Drove. You drove. Of course. <laughs> I flew. See the passion. <laughs> yeah. So born and raised where? Middletown, New York. Um, Orange County, New York. Okay. Yeah. And college? Um, I went to Muhlenberg College in Allentown, Pennsylvania uh, for undergrad and majored in theater, arts, and English. And then I went to NYU for my grad um, and got my master's and in, in certificate in public history. That's historian and yeah and and came to New York um, and f sort of fell in love with um, exhibitions as like a storytelling aspect like I, I for a very big moment for me was was um, seeing the the slavery in New York exhibit at the New York Historical Society mm -hmm. in, in about 2005 I guess that was and like a light bulb went off for me yep. that like this is oh this is a totally different way of storytelling this is not 
and it's not. I'm not a fine arts person at all. Um, it it was just seeing what seeing that, and I I went to the exhibit credit and I hunted down who produced that exhibit. It was a company called American History Workshop. They were working in Brooklyn. I put their card on my on my 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 desk, whatever, as I wrote my you know my thesis and everything, and said I'm going to work for them, and I did. That's really cool. Yeah. It's funny how we have moments that stick with us and define our direction, whether we know it in the moment or not. And sometimes we do right. know it in the moment or not, but you have these, these points in time that kind of stand out. And it's interesting to look back and see how those things influenced you and how it played out. Right. Yeah. How did you enjoy PA? Pennsylvania? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, well, I mean, it was college. I loved college. It, yeah. was, it was fun. My, and my parents are, my, both my parents, okay, everyone in my family went to Penn State. Oh. Okay, on both sides, like going back to like my grandfather, um, and so I of course applied and, and I and I got in, but was like I didn't I didn't want to go to this huge school. I'm so glad I loved going to NYU for grad, but I can't imagine him going to a, such a huge school for undergrad. Good right. Change. So Muhlenberg is a it's a small liberal arts college, and um, it was awesome. It was great. I have I asked because I had uh, a farm up in Honesdale, Pennsylvania. Right. That's yeah. my little escape. So yeah. I, I didn't see you as. The PA girl. Yeah, got well, my mom was, what does she always say? I'm from, I'm from um, Appalachia. Appalachia. <laughs> yeah. So you go through school, NYU. How do we end up on the rock? Um, so, okay, so I, I, my husband is FDMY. Um, and so, you know, by, by virtue of that, we know a lot of people on Staten Island. You yeah. Know, uh, and, and had, and had really <clears throat> thought about it when we, we saved and saved and saved for our first home. Then um, went and had twins, and we were living in our one-bedroom apartment in Brooklyn. Twinsies. And twinsies, and the walls were closing in, and we were like, we need to buy a house. And obviously, we were priced out, out, out of Brooklyn and Manhattan. Um, looked for, like, a minute upstate, like, in, like let's see, because my parents are still up there, Westchester, and we both sort of, like, ran screaming. I'm like, I need, I need to be, like, near the city. And I was not super hot about Staten Island when I first thought about it, then came here, and... With, uh, particularly on the North Shore, I really fell in love with it. I mean, yeah. it was much, and this was too, so I was, this was, this was 2016, leading into an election year, big con contentious time, and I, and we were, we were looking around, I, I found more diversity, cultural experience, every, than I ever would have imagined, and then we got this sweet little home for a third of what our one-bedroom apartment <clears throat> would have been, where I can see Lower Manhattan from my bedroom window, I have a pool for my kids, once we discovered within 10 minutes you can be on a beach or in a running yep. in a park. Yep. I was like gold mine. I was so, so happy. And we moved four minutes from Snug Harbor. And so legitimately, as we were as we were searching for our house, I would ask people like, what are some of the perks around the neighborhood? And many, many people answered authentically about what Snug Harbor means for them in that community. So it was already in my, in my mind, but also I'll backtrack for a second. I also, I discovered, I, didn't, I discovered Snug Harbor. I, my first, my first time understanding Snug Harbor, Somebody had recommended I worked with, I worked with a, a man who would who was married to the former CEO. He was like, "Oh, you should check out the check out Sun Harbor." So probably years, two years before that, I'd, I'd gone out there and I sort of was like jaw on the ground, and I said to my husband. So this is like probably two thousand and fourteen or something. I, I said, "I want to I want to run that place someday." I just said it. I said it out loud because I I just was like, "There's something about this place." I've been at the Brooklyn Navy Yard, so. Even though you're going from, an, from an, a development corporation to a botanical garden, there was something so interesting to me about both places. They're both like 
off the grid. Like you kind of, you've heard the name, but you, you yep. really know where they are. Yep. They're both, they're city property. They're, they're maritime industry and history. They, there's a gate around them that makes them feel like you can't get in, but you kind of want to. There was just like a lot of things about it that I, that I, that I felt about. So then fast forward, you know, I'm moving, I'm literally moving into the neighborhood and I started, and I got a, a call about the, about the job opportunity. Really? I was like, what? You know? See? Yeah. So it was, it was really, really wild. And then, you know, of course I was like at the time I was an executive director at the Brooklyn Navy Yard, mm -hmm. but this would have been coming into my first CEO role with one year old twins. And I'm like, no, I mean, <laughs> I, I, let me, let, let me, let me just do that too. But, but that's, I, I like, I'm like, you can just, I want to go all in and like, and, and I feel like I was in a place where I'm like, I'm managing my life, taking on change. And like, I, I just think Snug Harbor, if you're somebody who has a dream, like I did about really, really making a deep impact in a community destination making kind of that i get really jazzed on 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 that that type of like that type of profound sort of like cultural influence i really got into economic development from being at the brooklyn navy yard i was just like there's no i don't there's no other opportunity like snug harbor like that there's i mean it's it there's it's unparalleled regionally for what it has without a doubt you know so it was um it was a once we really talked through what it would mean for, for my time um, and everything, when I, you know, we decided it was a no-brainer and did it. So I started the show by saying you're a visionary, and I, I mean that in every sense of the word. And here's two examples of you seeing something, saying you're going to do it way in advance, and here you are, mm -hmm. right? We're two for two. Yes. So I, I'm saying I'm going to win $30 million. I was just going to say, <laughs> can you say that we are going to win the lotto? You stole my thunder. All right. So... I think it's really important that we share with the audience the what is Snug Harbor and yeah. what does Snug Harbor have to offer because everybody knows it, right. but very few know everything about it yeah. because it's such an amazing, diverse property. Can we talk a little bit about the history and then get into the, hey, what do we have? What can yeah. we do? And then we'll roll from there. Yeah, thank you. Um, and it, and, it's, and it's, it is hard to wrap your head around it. Like... You, Without, it's a very experiential place. So, um, and I'll try to do the quick the quick version of the history. So, so Snug Harbor was founded as Sailors Snug Harbor. This was a retirement home for sailors. Um, it was it was it's a very it's a super interesting history. It, like it needs to be made into a into a movie because there's so many fun players like back back in the day. It's it's founded on the on the will of Robert Richard Randall, who's a, he's a privateer, yep. makes his fortune at the sea, doesn't have direct heirs wants to leave all his money to, for a home for, quote, aged, worn out, and decrepit sailors. Um, his will is executed by his good friend, Alexander Hamilton. Um, and he, So cool. He is so cool, right? And he, he names, like, these, these big dignitaries, like, by their title of the New York City to, to be the, um, the, the, the to, to run the will. And so at that time, he designates, you know, this part of northern, quote, unquote, northern Manhattan, which is really the property area around Washington Square Park, mm -hmm. right? as to be the, the site for this. So it takes about 30 years. They're going back and forth on this will for all these different reasons. And as the city's expanding so drastically, I think they have this moment of sort of like, maybe there's more valuable use for this land um, than having a retirement home for sailors here. So they come to an agreement that they're gonna use the rent rolls from the, from the leases, from the property <coughs> management of that area to fund a purchase and the development uh, they make a purchase on the beautiful Kilvan Cole um, in you know in Staten Island to to create this first of its kind um, home and they they break ground the first Snuggies come in in 1831 um, building C where which is now our new house center for contemporary art. What's a Snuggies? 
the Snuggies are the, what they call the sailors, actually. Um, you know, a snug harbor, literally a safe haven, a snug harbor for these for these sailors. Um, and if you ever come to Building C, you'll you'll see the, the beauty of this, the dormitories. These are Greek Revival style, gorgeous, beautiful um, buildings. I mean, be, if you can think about how well endowed that, that system was for a while, yeah. I mean, they, they build 50 plus buildings and it becomes a completely self-contained community. At the height of it, there's about a thousand Snuggies um, and there's the requirements are 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 they're fu they're funny and lovely and and you have to dis display moral character and these are these quote unquote old guys are probably younger than you and I James um, that that are going in there well, di different <laughs> different times different, different times. world I mean it, exactly. th to be you know forty six at that point wait I'm not forty six I'm forty five to be forty five at that point having that career that's right was very difficult right right it right, took right. its toll it, it did yeah and um there's there's a lot of um funny things if you mind like um new york times or harper's whatever the, of the they often got in trouble for for drinking and for alcohol consumption so that, that was one of the, the the things but um they were given two brooks brothers suits and they were it was a self-contained community. You had a farm. You had a power plant. The book, yep. you know, the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, the, everything on there, and um, you know, a beautiful like, where people get married today in the great hall is you know that where they used to sit in, the, in in a reading room and listen to music. And there was just this this really holistic approach. Um, there was a you know a um, a sanitarium. There was they they were for convalescing, and there was, there was just a real there was a morgue. There was all these really amazing this kind of amazing. Um, approach and then you know things really change over the course of the you know of, of, the, of the turn of the century and you know um, the safety nets like social security you know changed the way that the approach of, of these sailors changed the needs and simultaneously these 100 year leases the it, it dried up you know right. they, and so they, they start tearing down buildings um, and then simultaneously you know, people start taking a deep interest with the formulation of, you know, uh, of preservation and, and New York City landmarks in the 1960s comes in and they take the whole front, we call it the front five, the front five Greek revival style buildings where Staten Island Museum is and the, the Noble, those and two others, they name among the first New York City landmarks. And really? Then, yep. Yep. Like literally like day one ones. Um, and the then the community works hand in hand with people like, you know, there's a there's a very famous visit from Jackie O that comes um and our 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 district attorney Mike McMahon told me about it. He was he was ser he was one of the servers that day when Jackie O came, like to you know coming in and and you have these these pillars from our community right now who 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 banded together. There's a bunch of women actually that came together, um, this fabulous five that came together and and so with Jackie O and Brooke Astor and they they these they had these buildings saved. The city of New York purchased it and they wanted to create it into a cultural center. And so in 1975, the the um, Snug Harbor Cultural Center was founded. Separately, actually, the Staten Island Botanical Garden was founded. They were they only merged in two thousand eight. Okay. Um, yes, and so now it is this. It's eighty three acres, twenty six buildings, of uh, uh, fourteen botanical gardens, a two and a half acre farm, unprecedented architecture. You know, home to the Staten Island Museum, Staten Island Children's Museum, Noble Maritime Collection, the Newhouse Center for Contemporary Art, the Chinese Scholars Garden, and then. 40 plus small businesses and studio artists and you know this it's a real incubator um for arts and it's a um it's also a real employer i mean we we when you when you look at the uh nonprofit employment opportunities on the on in Staten island we're we're the number we're, we're all there we're number one you know it's I, we're the cultural anchor of of this borough and it's an, and it's an, and it's a 
just an incredible site. You know, I always say this. There's there's nobody that you bring to Snug Harbor that just goes, oh, everyone's like, what the? You know, I mean, it's just, yes. it's jaw-dropping. I've been there so many times. Yes. We recently had a, a walkthrough on a neat yes, little did. project you'll be rolling out soon. And again, jaw-dropping, like, it, it just, it doesn't stop. That's Every time you turn around, there's something new, something amazing, something historical that, I don't know, it's a... Uh, it, it's a very grounding place. It seems to, at least for me, I get in touch with a different side, if you will. Yes. But it's that kind of place. It really is a magical place. It is. It's really transporting. You can really go there and really, really have, like, just be kind of, you know, we, we have we, we have this urban oasis kind of aspect that we've been leaning into even more, you know, due to recent events. And it's um it's true. You can just go there and have, and have and sit in the white garden and feel transported to England. You can go to the Tuscan garden. You can go to the farm. I mean, there's just, there's such a, so much, a, such a layering of experiences you can have there. I mean, the wetlands, it's, 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 it's crazy. It's amazing. It's a lot to wrap its arms around. And, and I, and, you know, I think it's so, it's, it, it should be distinguished by the multiplicity of, of experience. And in some ways it's, it's been held back because it's, it's people, what people want to go, well, what is it? But what, but what is it? Right. It's, it's, oh, it's not a museum. Oh, it's not a park. Oh, it's not a garden. You know, and it's, it's been very, I think, hard to, um, to get it, to get its own arms around, around what, what it is and who it serves. Right. So, yeah. so let's, if, uh, for the benefit of those who have not been there yeah. or have only been there in, uh, not in a real meaningful way and gone for like a full exploration of one of the components, cause there are so many components. Let's pick the top two, three, four experiences, must sees. Where does someone start? I want to come to snug. I'm fairly new to it. Where do mm -hmm. I start? Mm -hmm. what, what do I do? It's a, it's also it's a very seasonally driven place, right? Because because I, there we are a, a botanical garden at heart, and so you you are if, if you're going to come in the let's say you're not coming in the winter, you're going to want to come and let it unfold to you. Like one of the one of its strengths is discovery, and yeah. and you know I listen. If I had better wayfinding, I might be spinning a different tale. But I really but I really <laughs> but I really do mean that in many ways. And I, and we can when we kind of get into maybe more of the challenges, we can talk about the fact that that's that's my number the number one thing I said walking in the door there. But I mean, in my interview process said like, what, how do you know what to do when you come to Snug Harbor? You don't really. And that's a problem, frankly. Like there's there's not there's not and it's all in my plan now. But there's a there's a there's no center of gravity that that grounds you that says, wow, today you can go over to the Staten Island Museum and check out their you know, their women's suffrage exhibit. And then after that, you can go over to the Noble and check out this. And then it, it just, you kind of have to have a little bit of intuition. But if you can embrace that discovery as part of the experience, it can really unfold itself to you. Um, I would say on top of those institutions, the, Chi the New York Chinese Scholars Garden is one of the most beautiful places I've ever been, period. I mean, it's it's 20 years old now. It was founded as the, fir the first in, in the country. Um, and that's a Chinese Scholars Garden that was, that is, you know, it was literally built, there was, workers that came and lived on site in our cottages for six months from China and, you know, built it by hand. Um, it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful, uh, beautiful place to escape. And then increasingly the, the farm is, is one of my passions. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I love it. I, I, I kind of gotten, I got the bug for urban agriculture when, while working at the Brooklyn Navy Yard and we, when, when the Brooklyn Grange started and I love what we're doing there. It's really amazing. I, I think we're, we're starting to package more experiences where you really can come just for a day and and and, and un, unplug it snug, you know. We're, oh, we're, I like that. Yeah, we're, we we've been we're not the place that you're going to come for a corporate retreat that requires like you know a bunch of technology. Like, but but do you want to come and and we, we piloted this last kind of pre pre COVID um, with a a team from a, a big Manhattan corporation and 
and came in. We made them put their cell phones down, and once they got you know over that, they did uh, an ink wash meditation drawing in in the Chinese Scholars Garden. Then went over and pruned tomatoes in the farm, and then <laughs> sat and had a farm to table lunch. And it was it was maybe a four hour experience, and each one of them was like, "Oh my God, I'm 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 forever changed." <laughs> you know, you just, just yeah, like just that that sense of being able to do that is 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 one of our strengths. Is one of our tr- our true strengths that um we need that we need to just you know am- amplify more. And yeah. and we all should be looking for ways to do that, right? To unplug a little bit. Exactly, exactly. I, I would be remiss also not to mention the Newhouse Center for Contemporary Art because which is a which is I would say one of our more overlooked aspects, but it is the oldest continuous contemporary art gallery in in Staten Island. Um, it, in its in a in a certain heyday in the eighties, it was consistently in the New York Times, um, and now we're showing more and more um, incredible work there in an envi- in just an unparalleled environment. Like you're seeing beautiful pieces of contemporary work against the backdrop of an eighteen thirties um, sailor's dormitory that has original Tiffany stained glass windows, et cetera. It's a, it's it's also a really it's a really beautiful and 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 unique experience. So let's let's deal with the the challenges of today, right? So you're president and CEO of this amazing cultural, um, which is a challenge unto itself, uh, super high notoriety, Jackie O visit, right? To, to be in that position, in that role comes massive responsibility, right? Massive mm-hmm. amount of vision. So I want to get into the master plan and stuff in a little bit, because sure. that, that was one of the most impressive um, execution of, of, just the, the plan, how you're pulling it together, what you're seeing, I think is really, it's, it's, it, you must do it now, right? That things are changing so fast. Right, right. It's so brilliant. But let's talk for a few minutes just about COVID. Must have a yeah. devastating impact, right? <laughs> on yeah. how, how do you even begin to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to manage this little rinky-dink shop of 30 <laughs> agents and like, you're, I, this has got to be a massive, massive undertaking, uh, right? Oh, you're, you're sweet. Um, it, yeah, I, I would say it's also like we going going into COVID in March, we were about to have the best financial year on record for <sighs> Harbor, right? We'd we just kind of cracked some codes. We we were working together so well with our onsite partners. Um, you know, I always thought Snug Harbor needs to be understood as one destination one destination like and it, that seems like a no-brainer if you know it but it, it was held back in the past by personalities politics resources and we, we were really coming together and the strength of our programming the strength of our vision had attracted new funding sources we you know we're looking to diversify our funding stream because we're very dependent on the city spoiler alert for what hap- you know uh, happens later and then we we bringing in state bring we're bringing in corporations, foundations, and we're bringing in new streams of earned income. We're saying site activation. We're doing the Lantern Festival. We're doing other other aspects that, that are going to have to be, we need to. The Lantern Festival yes. <laughs> was unbelievable. Thank you, yeah. What an un, I mean, it, it was Disney quality. Right. Right. Um, that's the best way I think I can explain it. Went there, went back, went back again with the family, the kids. Unbelievable. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but wow. No, it's worth interrupting. Thank you. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, and I, I think I'll just, just a sidebar on that, you know, when I, so I really wanted to do, make sure we did something super wow in my, in my first year plus there. And so that, that all kind of came together. It felt like a little bit of a leap. It wasn't sure how, how it would be received. And I was taken aback. I was really moved by, by a very consistent reaction I got, which was this, this idea of Disney quality. 
so many people said it in this way of like it wasn't I've heard it, it wasn't bush league I'd never even heard that term before yep. like this sense that like oh we deserve this we deserve high quality yes. experiences like that like that that wasn't what I what I saw coming I thought people were gonna like it but I didn't realize how much like that people other people were like I feel proud of this like uh, who had no, who, who, weren't, who weren't weren't even obvious stakeholders in the project at yep. all and that was so I, I get chill right now I really do and it, that made me so happy and so proud and so just like oh my god like uh, that really clicked for me because we were in the middle of the master planning process like oh, of course we deserve this of course this bur the, this borough has the opportunity to have and create and and, and attract world-class art and culture and experiences like of, of course we're going to do that but we as a borough uh, over the years and decades have you know adopted this mentality of being in the shadow of of new york city and we automatically um, defer to going off island for these right. types of experiences and as a lifelong islander my mother's a lifelong islander i can tell you that is exactly what the takeaway was this i mean look there's a lot of great culturals on staten island a lot of great experiences that was by far and away the first time i had that and the only, I don't mean to keep saying it, but that Disney type of quality, it's the first time I had that experience in 45 years on Staten Island. It's so, it's so amazing. And, and, and it was one of those, like, you build it, they will come. Like, the, I just got such a kick out of the fact that, like, you know, like, New York City is arguably one of the best, like, you know, seasonal Christmas, whatever cities in the world, right? And you had people coming to Staten Island, yep. you know, uh, to spend their December evenings be for for that event. We drew 150,000 visitors <sighs> over six weeks. It was the biggest cultural event ever in our borough. And from that, we had a we had some like NYC and Co. We're like, okay, let's really talk about outer borough tourism. Like, let's really talk about like these. And and then you take the economic impact. You go, okay, these people went to the gas stations, got their, they went to the restaurants. They there there's such a there's such a circle there that needs that is a a no-brainer for how that site needs to be amplified and it's been like a sort of a sleepy town like secret you know but this yeah. and and but it has that power it has that power to to draw people in a way that benefits and uplifts the whole community and the brand of staten island and you know we worked really closely with the borough president's office i i love the unexpected borough rebranding instead of from forgotten to unexpected and we were just now look, I'll come back to your question. I didn't. I did not go that far off tangent. Here we go. <laughs> Coming back, bring it bring back. It back. Bring it back. Um, it, the, you know, we we going into March. We had all that, all that behind us. You know what I mean? Going into COVID, like we were we were really, really doing it. And then it's just you know it's just like it's just like the world stopped. Um, and, and I'm part of this the culture at three calls, which is this. Um, it's been now written up in the Times and Wall Street Journal and everything. We it's the the CIGs, the cultural institution groups of New York City. There are thirty three of us. This this includes you know the big names like the like BAM and and uh, Lincoln Center, et cetera. These are mm -hmm. all, it's you know city funded property run for cultural um, benefit. And we started these calls on whatever that was March tenth or something. Just about thirty of us today. That call is has about four hundred people. It's every single day at three o'clock, and it's arts and culture professionals across all five boroughs. Every single day. Every single day. Um, in the beginning, we were even doing Saturday and Sunday. Now, just five days a week. Um, and it's you know it's just like the heavy hitter. Like if you're in the arts and culture world, you're, you know about culture at three. And and I would say that's an example of a somewhat of a positive outcome of all of this. Like the the we came together as an arts and culture world and said like oh my god if like literally our business model is 
touch, engage, come together, yeah. be in person. Like, oh my God, like this is going to be bad. A- and also at that point, we were looking for city leadership on like how, opening or closing. And it was, it was tough, very tough. Um, and so it was an opportunity to kind of come together and go, let's make some collective decisions as a sector. And then it was like, let's buckle in for the ride as a sector and try to figure out what, how we, how we can keep being adaptable and grow. Um, and so that, that's been something of a, um, of a lifeline, you know, I, I my team constantly hears me talk about response, recovery, resiliency, this, like this, what, what we're in right now. And, and, you know, at first it was just total emergency response for Snug Harbor, even though we were we were on track, we bring in about 40% of our annual income between April and June. That's our annual gala. That's that's festivals, weddings, um, programming, uh, arts, the arts council, and all these things that we do, all that gone, you know, like gone um, overnight. So, and then, and then, you know, looking into, into now, even all the, all the things that we do um, are very, very driven by in-person experience yeah so you have to really um get adaptable adaptive but but i would say a point of pride and distinction to me for through covid was you know um because because we are we had this weird model kind of going back to what snug harbor is we're a botanical garden also functioning on open park it's not a great business model um but it also um allowed us to remain open for socially distant, like strolling and uh, the, the whole time. And we, so we, we started hearing them from our community, like truly heartfelt notes on social media, direct letters that, that were like, Snug Harbor is my solace. Snug Harbor is my escape. It is my joy right now. And we were like, it, it motivated us to keep going. We were the only botanical garden regionally that stayed open the entire time. And then when the city approached us about, you know, hosting a, um, a testing facility, we also said, of course, like, yeah. this is what we do. Like, everybody needs to switch. We need to serve our community. Whatever we can do, let's do it. You know, and I was, and that was a tense for a little bit because I think there are people who are like, oh, you know, I don't want to have, I don't want to have to, now I was getting so much joy out of this place. Now I'm going to have to worry about people coming on sick. It totally co- it, it coexisted. It was beautiful. Um, and we just did a really, and then, of course, we did the things like pivoting into digital programming and doing all the different things, which, um, we're working with you on as well, which we're excited about. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's just it's been a it's been a real trip. <laughs> so, I think the evolution that every industry, every market segment is going through, uh, where we're you know we've all been moving toward and utilizing technology in a more meaningful way, right? That that was happening way before COVID. Yeah. We've, you know, slammed on the accelerator now, all of us. Um, is this, are the things you're doing now to adapt, are these things that are here to stay? Do you think that these are things that kind of burn off as we return to normal? Is it going to be part of the future plan for you? How, do, how does that work in the cultural world? So, I, I, the, I'll sp- so, in the cultural world, I mean, there's a, a, obviously a, a lot of, um, especially in like a, in a straight like performing arts field or other, or, or there, there's a lot of ways obviously to, to absorb content, not in person that have, that have been happening, just like you said, for, for a long time. And a lot of ways to even get creative. I mean, I've seen, you're starting to see um, performing arts groups come on stage with masks and do, you know, and, and, and play up the social distance as part of the visitor experience. I think people are going to get super, super, super creative. And I think digital content is here to stay on, in many, many, many ways. For Snug Harbor, though, and, and, and at the risk of sounding like a Luddite, I don't believe that people are no longer to, going to want to engage. I think we are humans that want to be together. And I think and I think we are humans that want to 
engage in our earth and sit down in the grass and 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 be part of us be part of a, a bigger healthier life cycle you know yeah. I, I, and i just do um and so like already to begin with snug harbor is one of our strengths because of decades and decades of deferred maintenance and aging infrastructure one of our strengths is not technology you know like i, I like i referenced at the top of the of the um podcast i mean it's just it's it's not um and i but i do think the the things that we can offer as a as a as a site to bring community together in in meaningful right now socially distant but even in the future in really grounding ways are something that we want to do even more i mean i would say let me give you an example so for our for our farm we have a the heritage farm um that's always been a, a site where we bring students on and we learn about you know science and soil science and life cycles and food and healthy nutrition etc um but we've made money from also direct sales to high-end restaurants mm -hmm. That went away overnight, right? I mean, per se, Manetta Tavern, eventually we gone overnight. So our very amazing um, head head farmer Ezra Pakachow, um, he was like, "Look, we've been we've been talking about doing a community sponsored agriculture model for a long time. Let's do it. Let's instead let's get the community engaged. Let's we, so we came up with maximum of ninety shares at six hundred dollars a pop. And I'm had him like, "Are people going to want to do this? Nobody has money right now." Blah blah. We sold out, sold out with waiting list. Um, recouped a lot, a significant portion of the money that we, we needed to do. You're so smart. Because we leaned into the community <laughs> and great. said, let's, and, and, and also took a bet that people are even more interested than ever, I mean, you, that in growing their own food yeah. and, get, and getting back to the earth. Supply back to the chain land. issues. Exactly. All these things are, fr we have homesteading really, is now a really exactly. big deal. Exactly. Victory Gardens, I mean, Johnny Seeds was like backed up forever, right? I mean, so, and you have this, and then when we opened it up, now on, on Wednesdays, we, people come and they, we have it all it's all outside and you get we, we've made it into this whole concept as wellness wednesdays and the first one we did was june 3rd and people were like this is you know, we, were, we were joking we we're like this is this quote-unquote social event of the season because you hadn't seen anybody in so long and you're outside and it was just to pick up your vegetables and like yeah. talk with people about health and i mean true health right i mean we, we have literally been we're sick as a nation we're literally sick and so to to the fact that we have this opportunity to make people feel literally healthier Right, and, and a CSA model is good for the environment, good for the economy, good for your body, um, and so it was a smart pivot. And, and something like that, we're that, that's here to stay for us, for sure. That's great. It's really amazing to see, and again, that these impacts are different for every different segment. But that's a brilliant example of what the new norm mm -hmm. is going to look like. Yep. So, I mean, it must be unbelievably challenging. And how do you manage? You're so reliant upon revenue from the city yeah. right so with all the changes yeah. and the the i hate to say it but the the financial fallout for this yep. is it hasn't happened yep. what what we've seen has been the tippy 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 tip of the iceberg in the the cycle the real estate cycle um these things report one two three quarters later so as companies are doing the same thing you're doing right finding new ways to mm -hmm. skinny up yep. and to save on cut costs yep. and find better ways to be more linear and to vertically integrate and to um, cut expenses yep. manhattan is going to look very different than yeah. it does now 
for some time to come. Yeah. So where does that put you? What 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 uh, are the same restrictions, for example, that were you know pre-COVID about what you could do with the property? Do they exist today? Has any of that loosened up yet? <laughs> That's such a funny question. I was I was approached by something that I'll talk to you about off off record actually because I'd be interested. That like normally I would have been like, well, we're not zoned for that. I'm like, let's do it. Let's build it. <laughs> it's, gonna, it's gonna bring in money. Let's do it. Go. I need sustainable income. Um, I mean, it's it's an interesting question. It's also interesting that. Right now, from a tourism perspective for arts and cultures, you're not literally allowed to be attracting anybody yeah. from outside. So, so you take, I mean, you take like some of these bigger institutions in Manhattan that you think are more stable, like they, when, when you, are they are screwed. I mean, yeah. you can't, you, when you can't bring in any tourism out of like what, and you're operating inside 25% capacity, forget it with, with theaters. I, I mean, it's, it's crazy. That's something that I'm trying to, I'm trying to take some level of solace in that, Song Harbor has been in many ways, like I've said, you know, it's, it's double-edged sword. It's not kind of held back by the diverse business model, but I at least have, I have a diversity of, oh, yeah. of streams. I've mixed income opportunities. You've got a lot more to tools in. in the toolbox. Yeah, we uh, do. I mean, just, just, the, just the outdoor aspect, and you know, it, you know, it's with some of my cultural colleagues on the island. We 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 somewhat laugh. Like, I mean, it's it's a sad problem to be in. Like, we weren't beholden to revenue as our to you know admissions, and sometimes as our big income because we didn't have enough people. But but now that's like you you've already learned. We we know, already know how to be scrappy. Right. We already know how to do that. But it but the dependency on the city is a huge huge issue. I mean, and it's and it's an issue you know, like you know, and then when you, when something like this happens, you're like, oh my god, like we we have. Uh, we have, you know, work with my my fantastic board on different scenario planning. We have, you know, the, the the different levels of what happens when with when God knows what happens in November. What do you what do you do? Right. You know. So, what can people do to help? Is there anything we can do to help yet in the business community? How do we help mobilize, get the message out? What do we do to help? Um, because this is a place that's near and dear to a lot of folks out here on Staten Island, and. There has to be something, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, are we there yet? What can we do? What's the message that you want to get out to our audience of like, hey, let's get rolling on this. Is there something there yet? Yeah, I, it, it's, it's interesting that that's moving. Even two months ago, it would have been very hard to even answer that question because we were very self-conscious about the fact that this was a health crisis, right? right. And so like being like, no, 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 we need we need money. We're, we're drowning. Didn't You had to really be sensitive about mm -hmm. where, where, where to place that. But I think this, the strength is, because the reality is, is that investment into arts and culture is investing in the communities that need it the most. We are the people that create the pipelines, the projects, yep. the workforce development opportunities, the career exposure, all the things for communities that need it the most, um, that are most at risk during a health crisis as well. Like we, we can't be seen as superfluous, and especially on Staten Island, where you know even our our own islanders don't see us as, an, as a destination for arts and culture, um, it's a, even a harder message. And I, I think it needs to be um, understood a that that this is especially for some place like Snug Harbor and some place like the zoo and some place like the, these are this is city property. The city still has an obligation to invest in its own infrastructure and its own buildings for the benefit for the public benefit of the people, um, and then also that you know it's that. that uh, the work we do is truly community-based work, and I think all of us to be to be successful are going to have to dig in even deeper to our to, into our community right now and just and and prove that worthy investment. Think about what what you know, what what might what would, would our community have done if I had said like I can't do it on how the money I'm shutting down and closing stuff. Like it would have had a profound effect on the daily lives of people around oh, us. Yeah. And they need and I think our people need to understand that 
we need we need investment. We need we need people to in, to to donate, to invest, to become members, to get on board with what we're doing, um, to so that we can continue to serve. Because I know my my there's so many. I'm also on the board of the Staten Island Non-for-Profit Association, and I'm so worried about the non-for-profit world. I'm yep. so worried about any small arts and cultures or organizations who are just just legit not going to make it. I mean, and I, I mean, and listen, I could be sitting here as a restaurant owner and be saying, I mean, oh, I mean give it, it, it's not about one one more than the other. But no. I'm just talking about you know this sector um, for now. It's 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 really 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 challenging, really hard um, to to to. <laughs> to imagine exactly how exactly how we how we go from here you know uh i've been rambling on about an idea i've i've had for years i've mentioned it to a number of the electeds i've, I've mentioned it to community leaders and it, it doesn't seem to gain traction because they they can't figure out how to implement it but something that i've thought about over the years to create something that's sustainable uh Look, after 9-11, the construction industry saved New York. Mm -hmm. it, it really did. That's mm -hmm. what took off and, and kind of relit the fires, uh, you know, for, for New York City. And, and so much of the commerce for the city and the state's budgets derived from construction and related industries. You know, as an island, um, I, I think about challenges for developers. And I'm not talking about irresponsible development. I'm talking about responsible development, stuff that's in the character of the neighborhood, things that are per zoning, things that fit. Um, the big challenges for the developer is changes. You know, you, you go into a property expecting A and you get F, right? That's very difficult to endure. So why don't we put a development tax, right, for piloted out here in little old Staten Island? There's uh, the residential market is red hot. People are looking to come to Staten Island. Yep. People are looking for, for a little bit more elbow space, but there's still an appetite for vertical development on Staten Island if it's appropriately set, mm -hmm. right? We have a senior population that's set to double in the next five years. Highest disposable income, folks that we want to keep here on Staten Island. We have no place for them to go. Carve out uh, X dollars per foot. Tie it to floor area ratio. Every square foot that's on your permit there's a tax two dollars three dollars five dollars whatever it is per foot that goes to schools and culturals to help keep this sustainable model mm -hmm. moving forward right i feel like we have to start thinking very outside the box mm -hmm. and maybe that starts to help foster relationships between developers and the community and it you know if you're gonna build in the what what i call home and you call home and we're all calling home there should be some level of barrier to entry that is um, that can be put into the pro forma day one. You know about the expense going in. You can underwrite for it and account for it and start building more renewable sources of revenue to help incentivize people going in knowing, hey, okay, I know that this is the zoning. I know this is where I'm going to end up, and this is what I'm going to pay to do it. Yeah. And this will go to schools and culturals. I love. I mean, that's amazing to me. That, that's such. That's such a a, a positive feedback loop. It, it, it's. I mean, when you look at the lens of arts and culture for economic development, like it is a hallmark of a healthy city to have a yeah, healthy arts and culture, you know, thriving arts and culture sector. And and I, that that can't be that can't be forgotten. That that, that how how deeply that require that is required of of the health and wellness, right? And if we're looking through, if everybody's looking for through sustainability, then you have to. 
arts and culture has to be the part of a part of a puzzle. When you're looking at district scale revitalization, you need a cultural anchor. Like, I mean, and that maybe is a good segue if you'd let me talk about my master plan for, like, I mean. I just circled it. Boom. Master um, plan. Boom. Um, you know, so, so, I mean, the quick, the quick upshot of, of, of that um, is, is we were so fortunate for the city to say, look, we, Snug Harbor is a place that's going to keep coming back to the well for, we have 26 buildings. They're, they're aging infrastructure, right? And, and there's just been this, this make a capital project, deteriorate, make a capital project, deteriorate. Let's get, let's get some actual, um, you know, real planning around this and do a, do, do some, do something great here. So we, we had the great opportunity to work with Marvel Architects um, as the lead architects and then um, incredible slew of sub-consultants and leads. And we looked at the entire site, comprehensive, I mean, every single square inch finish building system, you know, the existing conditions report alone, I literally cried when they gave it to us. I, I cried. I mean, it was just like, my God, we finally we have, this is such a, a wealth of knowledge. But the goals we outlined are, are three goals. It's upgrade infrastructure and buildings, improve visitor experience, and increase opportunities for earned income. Because those are the three things that have to go hand in hand to, un to unlock the potential there. The, the whole master plan is a 20-year plan for capital investment. It is intense. The price tag is huge. But we broke it down to a phase one, 20, which is a $25 million pr price tag. and Which is nothing. Which is effing nothing. Nothing. Which is $25 million dollars is nothing, nothing in the scale and scope of, of New Thank York you. City. So, but it was still one of those things where I was still comp like competing against this idea of like what's, it was, it's really about what Staten Island deserves, right? And so... I, I feel like 25 million for the city to invest in its own property here should be nothing um, because it requires an, an upfront investment. I, and and I, I positioned it as such. I mean, this we need this we need an investment into this property so that we can that we can then return on 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 that investment. And so I thought you know, we need to strengthen this. I commissioned a separate policy and economic analysis analysis to go just for that phase one. James Lima Planning and Design did that did an incredible job to say if we put this investment in, here's what happens over seven years. At Snug Harbor and in the and in the North Shore, and so this is an example. You said, "What can what can we do?" So that, that was twenty five million twenty five million dollars, and I and it was like it was almost like I people couldn't believe I had the audacity to actually write down that number on a piece of paper and, and go it, around and, and, and ask for it. But I, our our elected officials were amazing, loved it, ready to fight for it, fought for, fought for it, and then again, like the, our cycle when we asked for capital projects is is early March. The world just changed. Yeah. Um, the city, you know, the, and I appreciate the city. The city has to make a lot of tough choices right now. I really, I really do get that. And and the city through the they, they did not give any capital project fund money at all this year. But our council members came together, and I, I got three million for it. Look, it's a drop. It's nothing, but it's at least something towards this project. And I just, I just, it's such a, it's such a visionary plan for for transformative change. And when, what kills me is some of these projects that you know, get ballooned up, you know, you could, you could do a small building for, as you well know, for $20 million. This is like, invest in this, 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 and this, and creates a center of gravity. You get people to come around this site. This brings, it really looks at a whole sense. It's, and it's not just, it's so smartly planned. Like any design intervention, let, let's say, is, you know, on, under the subsurface, it's all about stormwater management. Like there's, it's, it's layer upon layer. It takes in mobilization. It understands the site. And it, bring, it makes it such a such a more dynamic center that's going to raise the profile of every person on site. So I need to figure out a way, James, to re to like it's like this balance between sort of like shelving that and then just 
and then going full cil- you know full cylinder on it and saying well, this is the this is still the plan and it doesn't matter we had a, that we had a pandemic like there are things that have to change but that's still the plan so look if you if you take a look at the budgets and what money is being allocated where right mm-hmm. which i think is step one for the city the state for the a- any municipality any locale you have to really take a step back and forget almost forget there was a yesterday you have to take a look at what's available what we can do and how do we just not even do it better how do we redesign the entire structure of how money is collected where it's collected when it's collected why it's collected how it's deployed forget about past you know promises and procedures and policies we have to really clean slate fresh whiteboard take a look at it the 25 million dollars in the city's budget is it's so not even relevant Uh, but i think that there's got to be a public private partnership in this new world right i think there's a way to find that so how many phases do you have four four phases and do you not want to talk about the total price tag um um no it's 300 million dollars it's, it's 83 acres 26 buildings 300 million dollars over 20 a 20 year plan yeah. oh, come on it, it's it really it's not it's not in um in in my side of the table right when we underwrite projects and we look at things we look at projects from you know 800,000 to 200 million 300 million on one project right right so there certainly is um the resources available there were the resources available so as we look at the new norm right life ac after corona um, i think we really have to take a look at restructuring how we allocated for these different must-haves and necessities and and culturals are an absolute must-have right it's such a an unbelievable part of the fabric of the community for our mental health for our physical health um this is i think part of what the new world has to look like look at yeah so i you know i i would love to see leadership start focusing on these things more um i get the triage right we're we're throwing tourniquets everywhere and what i'm feeling and i'm hearing and i'm seeing on the ground is what's the plan right like what Mm -hmm. what's tomorrow going to look like uh look it's no secret people are relocating out of the city yes right in scary numbers at this point but if we give them the reason and we give them the incentive and we get a plan together and we get jazzed about all the wonderful reasons that there were to be in new york and all the new wonderful reasons that there will to be in new york and you tie it together on i mean if you look at the size and scale of snug how does that measure into like the against the country have you ever looked at that the the whole overhaul i mean as far as how that would measure up this has got to be a significant project even across the state and in the country yeah right so these are the things that have to be at the top of the list as we start to reorganize yeah. what the new norm is going to look like yeah, because this is the op- there's an opportunity right this there's without a doubt to, to, re- to rethink to, to reset to, to do it to whiteboard it are, are you in an opportunity zone i mean we're we're uh yeah, for reps yes we are yeah okay I, i'm zone parkland though so if you're in an opera so what I, I don't care what yesterday's rules were 
right? Right. If you're in an opportunity zone, there's an amazing, I hate doing this every time I say opportunity zone, I still haven't come up with the word to follow up opportunity zone opportunity. There's an amazing opportunities right, right, and opportunity right. zones <laughs> to create incubators and to yes. help launch new companies, right? There's, I mean, weddings on, on campus. We don't, we don't have to put a 500-room hotel, but we should have hotels, oh, yeah. right, that go along with this and all the ancillary services that go along with that. Yes. Think about, like, the most amazing bridal center in America. Like, exactly. Could yeah. be right here right. on Staten Island. Right. Like, right. It's, it's got that type of majestic feeling, that, that type of deep, genuine beauty there are so many ways that we can monetize this site. Not that we're, we're looking to monetize the site because we're greedy developers. and No, because we need to talk about survival. That's the reality, and that's what people have to start talking right. about. Right, and, and that's what I kept on saying in this master plan. I was showing the, showing the, the income coming in and showing where, where and, and the, the net profit doesn't get, doesn't get changed that much. But right. it, it, it's because we keep reinvesting into the site. The right. more, like that, that's what it needs to happen. But you need new, more sustainable income streams to, to reinvest in the site. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, you just do. And, and, and we have, and that, that's part of this, part of this plan. I mean, we have this incredible farm. We, of course, part of the plan down the line is, is a destination restaurant, a farm to table. Of course, we ask anyone, I think it's like a six, six degrees of separation. Everybody you know got married at Sun Harbor or their, or their cousin right. did, uncle did. Right. Why wouldn't we have a, a Really beautified bridal suite with a, 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 on a on-site you know B and B that that accommodates that. Why wouldn't we take our our artist residency program is unique in the city and, and that kind of a live work play model. It's the only place you can go live in a college, cottage, uh, create your work, and then show your work in a music hall or the, or, or the new house. Like we have these, we already have this. It's like we have the infrastructure there. We just gotta like like pivot pivot it you know like and shake it shake it up a little bit with a little bit of investment in there and then it'll it'll return but it's always just like that it's like if i just had a little bit more money i could make a little more money right <laughs> you know? so as we rethink this um and please solve this for me right now please yeah well i, I think we i think we are <laughs> but but we need support we need our leaders and we need the community to get behind these types of initiatives we need people to get out there and be much more vocal about what their expectations are from their leaders so yeah. that when these issues do come up, we're able to mobilize and make things happen, yeah. right? So, I mean, think about the, the, the silver linings and the things that will stay with us as we emerge from this wellness, right? Yes, yes exactly. We, and we are your go-to for wellness. Amazing campus. The opportunities and, and, and the wellness market is it's unbelievable right, the amount right. of opportunities there. Green technologies, yep. right? How we exactly. you know, uh, are trying to think of ways to solve for landfill issues and yeah. greener technologies and greener energies. There's so much yeah. talent. We're looking at compost socks for stormwater management, like on all yeah. site, right? Like things like that, right? Yeah, you know, like there's, there, you know, if you couple that with opportunity zones, right? So. Really quick, how I'm, I'm thinking maybe this can tie in. If you set up an opportunity fund, a fund, a QOF, we talked about this with Matthew, uh, and you, you can then take into this fund any gain, any capital gain. If you sold a wine collection, if you sold cars, if you sold your art collection or real estate, you're able to put this money into a QOF. You can put only a portion uh, of the gain that you want to put in, not like a 1031 where you have to put every dollar in. 
If you have a million dollar gain and you want to, you have a three hundred thousand dollar basis. You pull your three hundred out. If you want to take out another hundred for the kids, you take that out. No penalties. You roll forward into this uh, fund. What you want to shelter? Now you set up incubators for green technologies for wellness, and you're able to make investments in these micro investments into these businesses. You give them an opportunity and a place to you know, hopefully launch companies with right. great success. Right, right. And then if you stay invested in the deal for 10 years, Eileen, and you sell the thing you know, for $800 million because you came up with this groundbreaking technology, tax-free, it's tax-free. So there's ways as you start thinking about this amazing asset opportunity zones, new way of kind of looking at the world, you know, after Corona, the infrastructure, the, the unbelievable assets that you have at your disposal here, you really could monetize and you really could effectuate change in the community, even beyond the amazing way that you have already. But we need support from the city to do this, right? We need for the decision makers to start thinking about thinking differently when they look at these things, right? I think yeah. a lot of the old rules have to be written. I think the whole world's got to adjust in a, in a real meaningful way. And we're, we're spitballing here and we're having a little bit of fun with it, but these are real opportunities. And these are things that I think we have to start taking a hard look at. It's amazing. You're right. So is there anything else we wanted to touch on? I mean, like there's, yeah. there's so much we can dig into and go for hours here, but I want to be respectful of your time. I know Petey's over in the ones and twos. He's been in, in the corner all day. We have to let him eat from time to time. <laughs> um, but uh, is there anything else specific you wanted to touch on? Um, let's see. Um, I, well, I did want to say we are we are doing a, a little fundraiser called Neptune Picnic. So um, we have our annual gala, which is called the Neptune Ball, which is usually in June every year. Again, we lost that um, all that income. And so to pivot we thought well what can we do to um recoup a little bit in a way that's authentically exceptionally uniquely stunk harbor and that is this concept where you you and 10 of your friends can come and have a beautiful catered um gourmet from the farm picnic in one of our either chinese scholars garden or the lemon house or outside someplace um and we'll we kind of bring in your music and your lights and um it's a it, there's a, a huge portion of it's tax deductible and so we're how does it work what so, are the packages give us so, details yeah just just go, go onto our website at snugharbor.org and you'll you'll see it's a you know group of 10 people it's two thousand dollars it's which which really helps us us out it's a and it's you, you just tell us uh, here's the date i want to come it's any date you want to come. We make it happen for you. We take care of the whole thing. You just get to gum with 10 of your friends and be outside and love and have, have a good time. So th it, it, this is a difficult time for everyone yep. financially, but these things are important. Please put us down for a picnic. Um, <gasps> you know, we'll do a company company thing there. Maybe we'll even do two picnics so that we can get everybody in. Um, and, you know, folks, this is this is a really important time and, and it, it's easy to to write checks and it's easy to do these things when you're rocking and rolling. It's hard when you're not, but this is when it matters. And this is when the people have given so much to our community need help. So as we're going through our day and we're thinking about what we can and what we can't do, please keep Snug Harbor at mind because it, it really is a wonderful institution. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Again, there's so many things that we have to work on and think about and I'm here. If you ever need help, whatever I can do, well, please. I, I do have to say that. I do have to just just 
shamefully say that you have been such a partner to me for, for no reason other than to just to share your your leadership and your knowledge base and you've come on site so many times you've listened to my spiel i've i called you in probably march or april at some point when i said how do i be the best quote unquote landlord i can be what am i going to do you gave me great advice you always do you show up for arts and culture you show up for for small businesses thank you so much well we we don't do it for no reason we do it because we believe in you and we believe thank what you. you're doing thank and you. As an Islander, to be there with my kids, you know, it was a new program, something you had, you had run with, and to have that Disney-like experience in my hometown was really freaking cool. So keep it up, keep crushing it. How do people cool. reach out? What's the best way to, to reach Snug? Um, I mean, website. Uh, you know, uh, get on, get on, uh, on Instagram. Get on, get on uh, Facebook. Uh, come to our website, www.snug-harbor.org. Um, all right, Petey, make sure you put all the links in and all the good information of how they can find Eileen and all the wonderful things she's My doing. My personal phone number. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much Thank for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was so fun. Thank Always you. a pleasure. Everyone, stay safe.